y'all. Welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I am your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where I get to walk alongside you and connect you with people and resources so you know that you don't mom alone. And in this episode number 353, I get to welcome to the show Trillia Newble. Where do you tend to navigate towards those who look like just you? Or where do you tend to make assumptions of people who are not like you or in the same socioeconomic class as you or speak like you or have the same abilities? If we really evaluate, we will see it. And so that, I think, is more of the problem is that that we don't do enough of that. Trillia is an author and a speaker and currently an acquisitions editor for Moody Publishers. Today, she and I are talking about the concept of extending welcome, not showing partiality or favoritism. And that comes from a book she just is releasing for kids called The Big Wide Welcome, a true story about Jesus, James, and a church that learned to love all sorts of people. And if you've never read the book of James, it's short, but James packs a punch. He is not a subtle guy. Uh, His chapter two in James starts out with, my brothers and sisters, do you, with your acts of favoritism, really believe in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ? He's basically saying you're treating people differently based on if they have gold rings and fine clothes than if they're poor. And he's saying, you're supposed to love your neighbor, but I'm seeing that you're sinning in your partiality. So we're going to talk about that today. How do we as a Don't Mom Alone community be the inviters? I have some ideas I want to share at the end of the show. And how do we help our kids be those who include others who um, don't keep the circle closed, so to speak? Uh, We're going to talk about Trillia's experience with the sin of partiality and why she wrote this book. It's all good stuff. So let's get right to it. Here we go. Trillia, welcome to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, I have been Insta-stalking you for a long time. (laughs) Insta-stalking is the, that's the great, that's a great way to put it. (laughs) I love that. I think we have a lot of common people and you've been just, creating great resources. And so I always love to connect the gals that listen to the show with people who are amazing and fantastic resources to help them in this mom journey. And so take a moment, introduce yourself to your family and what you do. Absolutely. Okay. So I'll start with the mom part. I am a, gosh, Thern and I, we've been married for 18 19 years. <laughs> There's that time warp of what we just went through. So I get it. <laughs> I know. I know. I think when we hit 20, we'll start over. We'll know. Yeah, from 20 yeah. to mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, And I have two children ages 15, almost 16, which is a shock. And two. No, Wait. I'm sorry. Uh, 12. <laughs> I was like, I that two. is a big gap. Sorry. I'm at 12. I, my brain was thinking one, two, and I said two, 12. And so what okay. a blessing they are. Yes. So you are in the season. We, we just did an episode on developing teens and all yeah. of the emotional, social, physical things going on. And so you're right there in the mix. I'm right there with you. You also do a few other things. I How do, else do you so spend your time. 
Yeah, so I'm a writer and I'm a speaker, and I love getting to write, as we're going to be talking about some of that today. I also um, acquire books for Moody Publishers, and I help lead the team of acquirers, which is a joy. Yeah, so that's me in a nutshell. I, I do other things, I guess, but those are the things that I love. I get, I just love writing and encouraging and discipling others. And then now, as an acquirer, to get to encourage other writers and um, support their work has been an absolute joy. Well, that's fun. That's a fun transition and role to get to be in. It's not, not everyone gets to do that or wants to do that, but yes, yes, yes. That is a space for you. And I love it. I do. Um, okay. So with this don't mom alone message that we talk about on the podcast a lot, um, our team was talking about in this season of transition, where the world is in desperate need of community. We've been kind of isolated. Also, we've recognized the hopelessness that is just emanating when our world is disrupted like it has been. And how, if we are believers in the gospel and in Jesus and his death and resurrection, how we hold the hope for a weary world. And so I would love to talk about that with you today. Just like, what, how we as believers can respond to the world, hmm. not circle up the wagons and just keep everybody out. And yeah. so you wrote a book, a children's book called The Big Wide Welcome. And I just feel like it's a great segue into this conversation for our community. So I'd love to know a little bit about your heart. Why did you feel like this was a message that needed to be? Printed in a book for kids right now. Absolutely. So the big wide welcome is based on James 2. Yeah. And in James 2, James is addressing the sin of partiality. So favoritism and that church, they were favoriting the rich over um, the poor. So, I mean, James gives a clear rebuke. And, and really throughout the scriptures, we see if you do not love even John asks you or says you do not know God because God is love. I and mean, that's a quote from scripture. And so the implications of the way that we treat people have cosmic. I mean, there's cosmic reality here. There's eternal significance. So we need to ask ourselves, how do we view, treat, interact with our neighbor? And so my hope is, is that kids will start to read this and think about Okay, obviously, this concept, this idea, um, and even the sin, the way it's manifests, goes well beyond just rich and poor, economics, socioeconomics. It goes culture, color of our skin, the way we treat people, uh, abilities. It goes beyond that. And so I'm hoping that parents um, will read this story to their children and be equipped to equip them um, to think about their neighbor. How do I love my neighbor who is different, who looks different, who acts different, who speaks differently than I, right? Because we're all different to each other. And how can I be a person that welcomes? And ultimately, how can we be a church that welcomes? And so that to me is um, why, so you asked me personally why. Well, there's there's a lot. We could spend the rest of our time just talking about <laughs> my personal reasons why. Yeah. But one of them is 
I know what it's like to not be welcomed because of the color of my skin. Mm-hmm. I'm an African-American female and I, I understand that that feeling. And I, I try so hard to love people well, but I also hope to teach my kids and, and by extension through this book, hopefully other kids and some parents, <laughs> um, really why we should be motivated to love our neighbor, um, which is obviously ultimately the gospel and then obedience to the gospel. Um, and so I, I hope that, but I've experienced it and I don't want anyone to experience that. I don't want anyone to experience being rejected because of an outward appearance or an ability or the way they speak or anything. I just, it's, it's not, but it's also not the way of love. It's not the way of God. And God is not partial. He's, he doesn't do that. And so we want so much to reflect Jesus to a broken world as you started. And we do have not just the good news. We have, I, the power of the Holy Spirit, the ability to love people well. And so I, I hope that we will do that um, through our actions and our words. Have you been experienced that kind of rejection or partiality from people in the church? Yes, I have. Um, what was that like? Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting because in the context of my local churches, which is different than the church, because right. I write and speak, I've ex- I've experienced this kind of, um, I, I, I don't know if it would be sin of partiality, but it would be the sin of partiality insofar as the way it manifests itself in racism because <laughs> they're partial to their own. So that would be, and so I've experienced that more probably with the big C church than I have in my local context. Interesting. Yes, because in a local context, I think I've experienced things where people will say things that are ignorant. They don't know that that what they're doing is othering me or making me feel inferior. or And so they just need to be told in a local context where there's relationships, where you can have those conversations. I've had those conversations and that's a different kind of um, situation where I have not been rejected or not been invited to something, but based on the color of my skin in my local church. Mm. Um, and that would be also, I've been in gospel centered gospel culture churches where they're trying to exercise this. Well, now there's other problems, (laughs) but this isn't that, (laughs) But in the big C church, I've had people come up to me and basically tell me that the Imago Day, the image of God does not refer to me because we're a different subculture, subhuman. Like we're not, it's odd. I have had people say there, there's a, they desire for a, a lack of better word. They didn't say it quite like this, but this is what they were saying. They desire segregation. Like it's okay that we don't integrate and that we have churches that are all white and et cetera. And it's the heart behind it that was problem. There are places where obviously a more rural rural area might have a congregation that looks a certain way or, but if your heart is that people stay out, that's the problem. That's, that's a, a partiality. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. a partiality. Yeah. And so that's what I've experienced. It yeah. feels to me that 
sin of partiality is more palpable to hmm. talk about than saying racism. Oh, uh, yeah. I would say if, you know, it's so interesting, but I also rarely hear people preach or talk about James too. Right, 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 right. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I, it yeah. is. James is hard to, to <laughs> he's hard to consume. I think, was it Martin Luther just took the whole book out of his oh, Bible? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I don't need that kind of talk. Yeah, no, I think, yeah, being confronted with your own bias is never easy. Y'all have heard me talk about Thrive Market, and I feel like every time I place an order through their online membership option, I always have a focus. So sometimes my order is around healthy eating options like a keto baking or gluten-free baking things, a low sugar. Sometimes it's clean cleaning products for our home to help, you know, take care. Spring cleaning's coming. Or it's really great skincare products. And that's what I did this last order. I recently signed up for Jamie Golden from the podcast, her skincare regimen. And so I took her list of what order to go through when you're taking care of your skin in the morning and the evening. And I went to Thrive Market and I just started typing in things like, toners and exfoliants and serums. And I just picked ones that were really highly ranked and I can read the different reviews. I also got myself a little professional ice roller. It's my Valentine's gift to me. But I also saw that they had gift guides. If you need Valentine's Day gift guides, I saw they had a date night option where it has everything you need to cook dinner at home, um, a surf and turf. If you want to check it out, I would highly recommend it because they have organic groceries that give back. With Thrive Market, your membership means more for families in need and our planet. When you join, they donate a membership to a family in need. $4.5 million donated in healthy groceries and counting. They use carbon neutral shipping and they're on mission to be the first climate positive grocer. So can your grocery store do that? Now, it can when you go to thrivemarket.com slash DMA for Don't Mom Alone. Join today to get 40% off your order and a free gift. Y'all, when I just placed my order for skincare, I saved $14, like automatically as a member. So you want to check it out, go to T-H-R-I-V-E, thrivemarket.com slash DMA. Get that 40% off your first order and a free gift, thrivemarket.com slash DMA. DMA. I don't think God, you have to be self-aware and yeah. you really have to evaluate your heart. Where do you tend to navigate towards those who look like just you? Or where do you tend to make assumptions of people who are not like you or in the same socioeconomic class as you or speak like you or have the same abilities. If we really evaluate, we will see it. And so that I think is more of the problem is that that we don't do enough of that. We're not actually ask, asking ourselves the hard heart questions. And here's the thing about this good news that we have. The gospel, I mean, it allows us to receive grace over and over and over again. So Hmm. there's freedom right, in recognizing where we fall short here. We can then repent. 
1 John 1, 9, I believe if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to purify us. Yeah. So we confess it. We receive his grace and we change. That is good. That is an extension of what God has done. So we don't have to, I don't, we don't need to pretend. Instead, we can receive his grace and live in freedom. And and so I wish that we saw racism or the sin of partiality that way, because what freedom there would be if we just saw it for what it is, repented of it, confessed it, and then walked in this newness of life that he's given us. But that's not what we often, we don't do that. And it's because of pride and shame. And I, I get, I know why. And, com- and being comfortable. And I and think that, yes, <laughs> I think that a lot of the barriers to inviting, offering welcome to those who are different, whether it's abilities, whether it's economic, mm. whether it's cultural, you know, it is easier to be with people are similar. There are schools. I think we go to one that say it's like-minded families that you're going to be with. A hundred. You're exactly right. Oh my goodness. That's such a really, really and we good love, point. We're in church and we're all using the same vocabulary. We all know what things mean. We know what grace and mercy and redemption and restoration. We know all these terms and that feels comfortable. We're in our club. We have our language. We know how to dress. And so inviting or being in situations where there's difference is super uncomfortable. You know, it is, but it's so interesting. And this is because I, my, I'm wired this way. It is, and it doesn't have to be. Yeah. Talk to me about that. Well, I mean, I think if you have a, like a vision for the kingdom that's already diverse, then it's more of a, getting to know mm. and growing and learning. So it it becomes less like about you. That's what's why that's why we're uncomfortable because it's about us. Right. And instead, if it's about them and we're thinking they're the they're the center here, not me. Well God is, but <laughs> but you yeah. know what I'm saying. Like I don't have to be comfortable. I just need to get to know them. Now relationships then can become what they become, right? But it's such an interesting thing to me, this comfort thing. But you're exactly right. Another problem is apathy. We don't mm. care. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. we we struggle because we don't want to feel uncomfortable. We don't want to come outside of ourselves. We're nasal gazing and just and then we just don't care enough to pursue people who are not like us to even think about them. Because we've got our own people and we're doing our own thing. And gosh, what, how insightful with you and the like-minded. How many times have I, I confess, I, how, I wonder how many times I've been like, oh, yes, we are like-minded and this is good. <laughs> <laughs> this is good. Yeah. And so I, I can see that being a problem. Anyway, so very good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and I think you're talking about the naval Nave, uh-huh. Navel gazing. That's yeah. it. There it is. <laughs> this, we have all been surviving independently. We've been in a survival state, which often leads to, I am taking care of my people and making sure we're okay. And the likelihood that my eyes are up and I am seeing the outsider and then going past seeing to inviting is a whole 
like a whole thing in itself. And I know having been a new person in a new city, I mean, just talking about that, like being different and that I'm not from here. I didn't go to all the colleges y'all went to. I don't have history. When the person comes and sees me and gets curious about my story and what I have to offer, it's a gift. It is a gift. It is a gift. You're like, oh, I'm seen and I want to be known. And most people want to be seen and known. And of course, there are some who don't. (laughs) Um, But But honestly, even the ones who are possibly introverted or possibly prefer one or two people want to be known and have a place of belonging. I mean, that's a core human need. Absolutely. Community. I mean, throughout the scriptures, we see that need for community and love and an extension of love and encouragement. We need it all. And so um, we have a choice, but it's interesting. So if you're talking about now within the pandemic, is that when you say now there? Yeah, I have even this January, I thought, okay, my husband and I thought we need to now be hospitable again. (laughs) And so once a month, we're inviting people, someone over because it has been, we, we have been in survival mode, just trying to, and, and plans keep canceling or changing again. Yeah. We're in that season again. And then for the moms with young kids, it's the season of repeat sickness because we weren't together and we were masked. So there was a a reprieve from getting all the bugs and now they're all like double downing. And so I've just heard from all these moms of young kids that they're just exhausted and they know they need it and they know they want to invite, but when we're in survival mode, it's hard. Yeah. Well, I want to give one little tip here. Okay, good. Depending on your context, because everywhere is kind of different. (laughs) No, we can't make these generalities. You just really can't like in your context. One of the things that I learned, gosh, so many years ago by this woman who just had a gift of hospitality. I remember coming over to her home and we had like soup and bread and it was not fancy. She wasn't trying to wine and dine us. It was soup and bread. And then she also wasn't trying to, I don't remember if her house was immaculate. I think, of course it was welcoming, but my point is that we can overcomplicate hospitality. And right now, probably more than ever, we need that big wide welcome. We need people to come and feel invited and to reach out where we can, but we don't need to over over exert and over stress. We need to know our limits and have grace for ourselves, but also don't think massive or, or, I I think that used to be a, something we would probably concern ourselves with, which we even before we shouldn't have, but over concern. But if, if you can have the bare minimum, I I know a friend who they have kids who are, could be susceptible to sickness. So there is a danger in having too many people in. So they will have some people outside on their porch or, so there's different things that you can do. So, but really I think what I try to drill into um, people when I'm writing, especially in my books, is where where are our hearts? Yeah. What is the bent, if that's the right, right word, of our hearts? Yeah. Because that that's what's going to matter. If we are 
ready to love and to serve. I think then we want to obviously always put our faith into action. Hello, Jamesian. But <laughs> <laughs> there's seasons and times for everything. So we, we need to ask ourselves, how do I view people? Am I ready to love? Do I love? Where do I need to confess and repent? And that, I think, is a good place to start. Not to stay forever, but to start. Um, and then as, I mean, there's circumstances, as circumstances allow, and we obviously don't want to use a pandemic as an excuse, where possible, we go and, and serve and, and um, invite and welcome people in. I love, it's more of a posture of hospitality in your interactions, like this position of being curious, seeing, not necessarily even having someone over and having soup, but literally like the invitation starts with a posture of, I want to know, and I want to invite. And like you had said, this, this is in James, but, uh, over and over it's modeled yes. by Jesus. And that's your book too, is, Yes. is following Jesus. If this is our goal as a believer, as a follower of Christ to see what did he do? How did he act? Did he only hang out with the Pharisees and circle up around <laughs> the law and stay? I mean, he was in the temple. He was in the tabernacle. He spent, he talked to the Lord, but uh, he also spent a lot of time with the outsider. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And and he loved them and welcomed them and didn't shame them and guilt them. And he wasn't entering with this like goal of evangelizing them. Yes, but he did. But he did. And he, he yeah. showed them God with his presence. Yes, yes. And he met and their needs. And he yes. And, and I wonder if some of that welcoming and love is, is why he could say, go and sin no more. You know, mm. if, if it's because his... He, he would talk to that outsider, that person who's culturally different, who's a woman. And then he would be able to give them the bread of life. And he shared with them where they could find eternal life. So I, I just think um, he, he obviously he is our savior. Um, and we we want to grow in the likeness of him. And so what better way than to look to him as our example? If you all are looking to hire, I have a great option for you. I just went through the hiring process for our team and I wish I'd had used Indeed because they make it so easy. They are the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applications that meet your must-have requirements, or guess what? You don't pay. If somebody applies and they don't have those must-have requirements, you don't pay. So instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do all of it. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process. You can find great talent through time-saving tools like their Indeed Instant Match. With that Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates with resumes on Indeed that match your job description and you can invite them to apply right away. 
Plus, again, you only pay for quality applications that meet your must-have requirements. So if you want to start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash DMA, this offer is valid through March 31st. Go to Indeed, I-N-D-E-E-D dot com slash DMA to claim your $75 credit before March 31st. Indeed.com slash DMA. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Y'all know that one of my goals is to support you in helping you be the mom you want to be. And one area I know that's challenging is getting dinner on the table. Afternoons are chaotic. You've got homework. You've got sports and all the places to be. Well, one option I've found that's a game changer, especially if you work outside the home and you just have limited time and availability, but you want to have the memories of dinner around the table. Well, it's prep dish. What you can do is you can get healthy, delicious meals on the table in a short amount of time, especially with their super fast menu options. With the super fast menu options, you can prep all of the food in just one hour, one hour for the whole week. So each Friday, you're going to get your menus and you can pick and choose from there which Meals match what you think your family's going to like. I love how Allison plans it out so you can use ingredients for multiple meals. Uh, she even has breakfast options and lunch and desserts. And it comes with a grocery list so you can go through and see what you already have in your pantry. And I'm telling you, once you use these more, you have more of the items she recommends because you're starting to have healthy ingredients in your repertoire. Uh, then you can either order on Instacart, make it super easy, or go to the grocery and get the things you need. And she gives you a prep plan on what to do to get things ready for the week. What's awesome is the founder, Allison, is offering listeners a free two-week trial. You can try it out, see if it matches for you. There are gluten-free menus, paleo menus, low-carb keto, and those super fast menus, which include items like shrimp tostadas, slow cooker sausage and kale soup, smothered mushroom chicken with mashed potatoes. Yum. So if you want to check it out, go to PrepDish.com forward slash DMA for this amazing deal. Again, it's PrepDish.com slash DMA for your first two weeks free. It's a no brainer. So you talked about how you all have made this goal to have people in your home once a month. How do you train your boys in this? Like how, I know that a lot of times kids learn by our modeling, but is there some anything intentional y'all do or? Yeah. 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 So I have a boy and a girl. So oh, boy and that's a girl. okay. Yeah. It's well, I did call my girl two instead of 12. So. <laughs> Grace. There's Grace. <laughs> So there's great. Yeah. <laughs> I was like two. What am I trying to say? Twelve. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I we do a lot of things. So okay. we we out, yeah. So I do we do things like um we cook and learn history. We spend months learning about different cultures and people groups and and so we're kind of really active in learning and growing together and cooking together. So so we do that. We also model it by inviting people over or telling them they can. So we try to have people over for dinner, but but we we really do enjoy learning about cultures and people and people groups and and so it's it is a part of the DNA of our family. 
and it literally is a part of the DNA of our family. I'm in an interracial marriage. And so um, my husband is white and from England, his or his family's from England. And so so we're co- we're just constantly thinking about people who are not like us constantly. So how uh, I, for someone who isn't constantly doing that, you can take something like Black History Month and use use it as a time to learn about history and culture and people and food and um and talk about hard things but also rejoice in in the way where we are and also what we've different accomplishments of people of color but there's so many opportunities like that that you can take advantage of i think there's a read aloud day um but those are I- ideas they're all made up but we can take advantage of these fake holidays <laughs> and use use them to think of unique ways to um, invite someone over or introduce our kids to something that we normally maybe wouldn't. And that exposes them. And it, I think it enlarges their hearts too um, and capacity to see people who are not like them. Like, um, I really do think that it's just to an advantage. Um, it helps us learn how to love our neighbor, especially those who know in our local churches, we don't know who's going to come and and we want to be just ready and willing. So that's, that's just some of the things that we do. We're just, I'm very intentional. And I think that you've got to be intentional. Um, some of these things will come semi-naturally, but if you're not intentional, you're mostly going to be talking about schoolwork, <laughs> getting in the shower, getting to bed on time, getting off of your technology. I mean, because that's we're trying to just teach them the everyday. And these things take a lot of thoughts. Yeah. And so I would encourage intentionality if you're wanting to welcome people. I mean, it takes time to get someone on the calendar. So those are these things that are just a little bit more effort that you just, you'll have to ask God for energy for to do. Yeah. I know in Dallas, there's a refugee center that you can volunteer at and you can meet people from all over the world that are in Dallas, Um, even the homeless shelter or soup kitchen volunteering is helping you see other people's stories and narratives and what they've been walking through. And yeah, absolutely. I used, I, before the pandemic, (laughs) (laughs) there's like the pre life uh and then uh after, Uh but I would every month, um, go and teach at a rescue mission. I would do devotionals to women who are substance abuse. They're in a rehab facility and, it was one of the most life-giving things that I have done. And I think partly because it, I typically don't, unless they're hidden, <laughs> no, I don't get to interact with people who are struggle with substance abuse. And so, or some sort of addiction who are also homeless, a lot of them. And, and getting to encourage these women and teach them the word it was something I needed. Um, I needed more than I, I think they needed. And I don't right. think it revives that, yeah. our faith. Like this is it was so faith building. Yeah. And yeah. it it my I remember one of the ladies who talked to I I think I I was 
I was talking about our when we die that we have a new body and um, we're healed. And it, she was amazed by the idea that her mind could be healed, mm. and that because she's she struggles so much in that area, and and it was I just thought, yeah, wow. we have the hope. We, we have, have the hope. The hope. Yeah. Yes, it was so good. It was so good. So yes, refugees. There's so many and different ways. I remember when my kids were really little, hearing about. The sex trafficking problem mm. in the West Dallas area, and they had a lot of ministries there. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, I want to do that! I want to volunteer! I want to be a part of it!" And I was talking to a mom, and I was all like, "Jazz!" And I literally think I had a baby on my hip, and I'm getting all fired up about it. And she's like, "Yeah, right now you need to do this." And she kind of gestured to the baby, like, "I'm kind of out." And I don't know that's a hundred percent true, but I want to empower the mom. I was taking a walk with my dog last night. I didn't have little kids with me, but I could have in another season. And I just was wearing my Don't Mom Alone shirt, happened to. And we started talking and she asked if her daughter could pet the dog. And we totally connected. Yeah. Um, she's going to start listening to the podcast. I don't know where she is with her faith. doesn't matter. Yeah. But the posture of openness, welcoming when it might be the 10 houses around you is where you start. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Or apartments uh, or whatever space you are occupying right now. Like say, God, show me who I can welcome and not be held back by any kind of thinking because they live differently, whether it's a couple um, in a homosexual relationship, transgender I mean, we, we haven't even gone there in the conversation, but I think sometimes as church, we can yeah. circle up and say, you're, you know, you're not included. Say, God, how can you open my heart, and my mind to love and welcome them and off hold out the hope? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because everyone has a broken part of their story. Everyone is aware of their brokenness. You don't yes. have to convince somebody of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, it is a good point that, I would have, I probably would have not said to you that your only <laughs> focus needs to be your kids. Yeah. Um, however, I will say that that's a good start. <laughs> and that's what I hope this book does is that it helps equip parents to disciple yeah. their children yeah. so that they can go into the world and love their neighbor. So I do think that, um, there's two things. Sometimes our view can be so vast that we forget our neighbors, like yep. our physical, we look next door and we forget we've got. And then sometimes um, we can think that we, we don't have the ability to go beyond our neighbors. So, so there are physical neighbors. And so I think wherever we are, we need to know that God has given us the hope of the gospel. If you know him, he has given us a calling to go and make disciples. Okay, so that's in your home, that's around your neighborhood, that's in your local church, and to love your neighbor, and that is everywhere. <laughs> and so how how we all put this into action is going to look different. And God's given us different gifts and capacities. And so we don't, yeah, we we want to ask the Lord, where where do you have me? And where can I, how can I serve? And how can I serve? in this area 
but it, it does start with me. It starts with our hearts. It starts with how we view, and then it, it goes from there. And if it's overwhelming, we need to ask ourselves, what am I taking on that's a should? And what is, what am I being led to by the Holy Spirit? Right? Yeah. We've been given a helper. We don't have to have all the words and the right things. I mean, when Jesus sent the disciples out, he's like, the spirit's going to give you the words, know what to say. Right. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So we ask the Lord for wisdom (laughs) and we all need it. And we're going to stumble through this life, but I really do believe we're going to give an account for our words and deeds, but I, I think it's just important since the commandment is to love our neighbor as ourselves. Are we doing that? Do we love our neighbor? And how can we expand our knowledge and and grow so that we can better love our neighbor? And not play favorites. And not play favorites. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes. Do your kids, I don't, I mean, just for a little bit, I want to talk about the whole click scenario with teens. Like we were talking about discipling our kids right where they are and loving their neighbor. How do we take this message, this big wide welcome that Jesus is welcoming and not to show partiality as it applies to clicks and like not being included or being the one who's not including? Yeah. Okay. So with my kids, I, I want to make sure how they are treated is incredibly important to me, but how they treat others is probably a little more. I want them to be loved and cared for by others. I hope people welcome them. I hope people invite them to things. I I hope all that. But if they aren't, they're my responsibility. I can't be everyone else's responsibility. Um, So I don't know of a time where they have felt rejected. Um, I think when my daughter was younger, there was there was one situation where she may have, and I talked to the mom just to see what was going on. And it wasn't based on race. There was a personality conflict. They were just arguing and they needed help. They needed some disciples, discipling in that situation. But it is really important to me that my kids understand that that they do, they don't treat others in a way where they feel like they are um, not welcomed at the table, whether that's the lunch table or their study group. Now, they are going to have best friends. Yeah, that, that that's not the message of here. Like, you cannot have friends who who you are closer to. The sin of partiality is that you wouldn't welcome people in your group based on the color of their skin or socioeconomics or their ability or something that you are showing favorites to people in a sinful manner like yeah. there's sin there so we're 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 really evaluating those things and just making sure that we're having healthy relationships and that so and i think it's important for parents to do that to make sure that they're not especially and I would say in church groups, I've heard there can be these cliques and there should, there's just no cool kids in church. There should not be cool kids. The <laughs> well, ground I is think level at the foot of the cross. What I've seen, yeah, yes, truth. I, what I've seen sometimes in, into teens is maybe a circling up because these kids are making choices, good choices. And so there's an exclusion 
more because kids are not making great choices. I see that. Yes. Yes. Okay. And that's a tricky. It is tricky. But that's what we're doing as adults too. We're saying we're make we're we're being moral and you're being immoral. So we're in and you're out. Yeah, I think I'm so glad I have some non-Christian friends. I've <laughs> yeah. just made it a point. I think that's I've made a point. I mean, they know my faith. They know I'm talking about Jesus all the time. But I think it's really important for me to diversify my friendships. We've done that with our kids as well. They're in public school. <laughs> So that kind of makes a difference there. However, we are always having conversations because we we want them to know that they, they need to be a light and they, they need to make choices. And that when people see them, they're not representing this themselves. They're representing Jesus to this world. Yeah. And so are, are they gonna are they going to be ambassadors to Christ? Or where are they leading people? So yeah. We we know of their friends who are into things that we would not encourage. <laughs> and we're just we just try to keep this open, honest conversation. That does mean that you're not gonna go to certain parties, but that doesn't mean you can't sit at the lunch table. That doesn't mean you can't walk around the neighborhood, but it does mean you're gonna need to be wise. It's complicated when you're trying to protect your children but also be wise and also be welcoming. We tell them, invite the person to youth group. And so my son has had, in particular, has had kids who deny Christ in youth group. And 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 we're like, this is good. We want, yeah. we want them at our table. Yeah. I hear you saying, be the influencer, not yes. the influenced. So there's not a fear of, oh my goodness, we can't, be welcoming of that outsider because what if we get pulled? But at the same time, it's, you know, wise and good boundaries. And yes. So we, and like having, being like having 10 friends that are making wrong choices, having one friend and a majority are anyway, it's good times moms who have little kids and you know, (laughs) you get to decide where they go and who they see. You'll see. Just wait. It's, it's a thing. It's, it's a, a thing. whole different thing. It's and thing. I'm not so stupid to think that my kids won't be the bad ones. <laughs> right. Bad, quote, unquote. Yeah. So they won't I'm make not... choices that are destructive or yeah. unwise. Yes. That's and it's part of the learning. Yeah. Yeah. Process. They're going to. Yeah. And so I want to make sure that they understand that they can also come to us and confess and repent. So I'm my my goal isn't that they. There's a hierarchy that they think that they're better or mm. that they they aren't a- able to stumble. The moment I do that, they're going to go hog wild. I potentially. So right. I want them to know, hey, you could do this, but you have a choice. And so come and talk to me. So anyways, it's it's a, that is a whole nother conversation. <laughs> it is. It is. But yes, I think. I think what it informs is, oh, okay, I'm seeing these slight places where I am partial and I am instructing my kids to be partial. And so I just appreciate you and this conversation. Y'all check out the book. It's really pretty too. Really, really pretty. I think you could read it to your littles and have, have a conversation and check back in with them the next day after they go to school and where, you know, how hard was it to not show favoritism or where did you find yourself wanting to show favoritism? And so, and, and evaluate it in yourself, you know, I think like you said, the first step is awareness. And so 
appreciate that. I will link to your website, trillianewbell.com, new bell, spelled like that, newbell.com. And I'll link, she has so many bookshelves. So please check them all out. <laughs> books you. for moms and books for kids, Bible studies and all the things. So um, <laughs> that's why I love all the resources you're creating. So thank you for doing that. And I hope we get to meet in real life someday. I hope so. I'm in Welcome Dallas. Some, so thank you. <laughs> I will come. Yeah, come to <laughs> Dallas. Come and see me. But thank you so much for being on today. I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. So I mentioned in this episode wearing my t-shirt and how to start a conversation with a neighbor. And we want to support you in being ambassadors. I really feel that you are on mission right where you are, that you are the inviters, you are the hope holders, you have the message of hope to give a weary world. And as Jesus followers, we should be the includers. If there is someone in your school who looks different, who is unfamiliar with the culture of your city, how can you connect with them, exchange phone numbers? How can you support them? I believe I want to empower you right where you are, that this is not me asking you to add one more thing to your to-do list or one more thing to be and do when you are overwhelmed, but just a showing up where you are. And the t-shirt is a simple way to do that, to start a conversation with a stranger, whether you're on the sidelines or whether you're at a park. Um, We will be at park soon. I know snowstorm just came and like blew through the whole country, but we wanna support you in that. So we are actively working. We are designing merch. We will have lots of options from t-shirts, long sleeve shirts, more sweatshirts, and you'll be able to order and get it shipped right to you. That link we will either put in these show notes when that happens or... We will for sure share it to our email subscribers. Those emails go out every Monday. Uh, You just need to sign up at Hola Heather. Hola starts with an H, like the Spanish word. My parents were in Costa Rica for a long time, so I'm very partial to Spanish. Hola Heather, H-O-L-A, Heather.com. You can sign up for my uh, weekly emails. We always send a link to this episode. I share what I'm loving. I give little updates on what's going on in life, and we will put the merch link there. The other thing you're going to find in the show notes is links to past episodes we have done on racism or exploring global cultures or helping your children navigate difference. And we want to support you because we know this is not a hot topic, but a topic that is centuries old. And there are many circles that do not have the privilege of not having it. But we want to support you if you are newer in this conversation like I have. I've been learning so much in the last five years. We want to invite you in. And so we've added resources in the show notes to support you in that. Okay, I'm going to pray for us. I'm going to pray for our hearts and our conversations we have after considering all of this. Lord, I praise you that you are a God who welcomes, that you welcomed us, the outsider, that you not only welcomed us, but you invited us into your family, that we were grafted in, that we are adopted as sons and daughters of the King. I thank you for the welcome you extended to us. I pray that we would be people who don't show favoritism, that we don't treat people differently based on their influence, whether they have, oh my goodness, you know, tens or thousands of followers that our hearts would be drawn to 
treat everyone as image bearers. And um, I thank you for Trillia. I thank you for her heart in this. I thank you for her work. I pray, Lord, for um, the church to be united on this front, to be those who extend an invitation. And um, I pray for my own heart that I could be someone who invites and sees. Lord, thank you for meeting us in this place and for being gracious to us as we stumble through. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining me today. Uh, Always excited to have you listen and thankful. And we're continuing on with our book club. If you haven't wanted to join us or you've thought about it, you don't have to read the book chapters to join a fun mom conversation if that's what's been holding you up. If you've been on the fence, I'd love to see you over at patreon.com slash don't mom alone as an insider. Join me over there. And thanks for being here today. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more people and more resources to help remind you that you're not alone, head over to don'tmomalone.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I want you to know the good news, the great news that you're not alone because God has promised to always be with you. With faith in Jesus Christ, the one who died for you and rose again, Jesus said when he left, he was going to leave a helper, a comforter to be with us. God in us, moms, that's superpower. So while you're washing dishes at your kitchen sink, while you're driving to and from work, while you're feeding that baby late into the night, while you're cleaning sticky floors, God promises to be just as present with you as when you're worshiping in a church pew. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Now that's good news. Have a great day.